Welcome to The Magic Spark. I'm your host and personal wellness witch, Tandy Gutierrez. This podcast is for the open-hearted magic makers seeking to cultivate consistent self-evolution, or as I like to call it, self-revolution. It aims to be a home base for continually stumbling upon things that ignite the healing spark in you, be that practical or magical. Now, let's see what that spark is for you in today's episode. Hello, my magic makers. You're listening to our very first bonus episode. Bonus episodes will come to light when spirit calls us to explore something extra. Pretty straightforward, right? When the universe wants us to hear or know something, it's going to find its way through. And this episode takes us into the magic, the messaging, and the healing of Lilith energy. So to say I'm excited about this episode would be a massive understatement. I love Lilith and I'm hoping you will too. I know particularly for our unicorn wellness community, she's not a character that souls tend to be very well versed in. And I want to help change that. So I brought in an expert. I could have stumbled my way through Lilith and Black Moon Lilith basics, but it's so much more of a pleasure to be educated and invited and taken by hand on a journey by someone more experienced with all of her contexts. So today we have a very special guest, Jeff Henshaw. If you don't know and follow him already, you're welcome. You're going to want to. Jeff Hinshaw is a soul-centered astrologer and tarot practitioner, fusing together over 15 years of experience working with tarot, astrology, somatic embodiment, and holistic healing. Y'all see why he's a perfect unicorn already? Jeff's studies include psychology of the chakra system, Reiki, and 500 hours of yoga teacher training. In addition, Jeff holds a BA in psychology and a BFA in creative writing from the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Jeff is most recently known as the host of the podcast, Cosmic Cousins. I love your podcast. Released on every new and full moon. Each episode facilitates a deeper connection to the moon, the current astrological transits, and the greater world around you. Jeff is also well known as the founder and creator of the Brooklyn Fools Tarot Journey, a 22-week ritual gathering through the major arcana of the tarot, dubbed as a radical tarot school by National Geographic. The Brooklyn Fools Tarot Journey has been an active tarot community since 2014. Jeff's teachings of the tarot go hand in hand with their astrological practice. Jeff's interests also are focused on creating a safe space for the LGBTQIA plus community. Growing up queer in a Southern Christian family in the United States, Jeff has experience working with many LGBTQ related themes, including religious trauma, queer displacement, and anxiety and depression. Jeff Henshaw, welcome to the Magic Spark. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. I am just delighted and excited all over the place about today. So before I basically hand today's episode over to you, I wanted to say that 
we talked about this before we hit record that I had reached out to you because I was doing the new moon energy forecast and tarot readings, um, for this upcoming new moon solar eclipse in Taurus on April 30th, man, this lunation's a mouthful. Um, and the energy of black moon Lilith was so thick that I got really giddy about the energetics of it, which might be weird. Is that weird? I don't think so. <laughs> right. What, what the getting giddy part about it? Yeah. About Lilith. I think some people yeah. are a little side eye her, but I was like, yes. <laughs> well, you have Jupiter conjunct your Lilith in your chart. This is Which true. Jupiter brings excitement and expansion and optimism. So you might have more of a giddy relationship with Lilith than other people. We'll have to check in about it and see. I love this. I really do. Cause I feel like when this was coming through, it really to giddy is not an energetics that's been running very thickly for me for months, like through the winter, it doesn't do well. Like I definitely have seasonal affective disorder and it has clung to the next season. And so her energy, like the, the darkness of her, I just love, like, I want to hug her. And I don't think everybody has that response <laughs> to love yeah. it. Well, you also have it in cancer, which to me is like a hug. So I, I hear it reflected back on what you're, you're sharing. I you know, love so this. Jupiter and Lilith in cancer. Um, yeah. It's, it's quite a combo. It's like a bit, I always think of Jupiter and cancer as just like that big warm hug that you might get from a family member or from soul family, and then add in Lilith there. I always say Lilith is the witch in our chart. Really? I love yeah. that. That makes sense. Yeah. I tend to look at, well, I mean, just different placements of things of like Scorpio being the witch of the chart, right? In that sort of section, but she's, that would make, that makes all the sense. Yeah, um, I, I led a workshop that was called Unleash the Queer Witch in Your Chart, which yes. is, is Lilith there's so many different ways that we can connect to Lilith. And I, I say queer witch and that Lilith is innately connected to our sexuality. And so regardless if you're heterosexual or homosexual or however you identify sexually, there's queerness within all of us. And Lilith will speak to that. And I think it's interesting because we met through Brandon Alter and Angel Lopez, who are the husbands and co-hosts to the podcast, The Spiritual Gaze. And you had originally reached out to them to, to check in with Lilith and they kind of handed it over to me. But what I think is interesting about that is they both have Black Moon Lilith in their first house rising. Mm. And so we will see oftentimes people who are prominent leaders in the LGBTQ community will have Lilith prominently placed in their chart. And in their case, it's in their first house, which is their sense of self and the person that they're rising into. Um, so... It definitely offers vocabulary. Lilith offers vocabulary for the LGBTQ community. First off, it, it can be the queer person in your chart, um, but it extends beyond that. It's also a place for women to connect to because anything that has been repressed by our modern patriarchal society, we can find that repression living in Lilith in our chart. And so if you find yourself as like a cis heteronormative white man, Lilith could speak to places in your chart where you might repress the feminine aspects of life and so or where you're bringing healing to it so it just it you know astrology offers us a vocabulary for the many themes in our life and you know I do think when working with Lilith it's nice to have a disclaimer because there's 
so many themes that Lilith might connect us to. And so whenever I teach about Lilith, I always start with some sort of disclaimer because the topics can be very sensitive. And so sometimes, you know, from a trauma-informed approach, it's not appropriate always for us to go into Lilith themes. Some of us might not be ready to or even in a place in our life where we can. Because, and so I'll, I'll name off some of the topics that Lilith could connect us to, but th they are quite sensitive. I mean, we can start first with Lilith oftentimes is referred to as the dark mother. So it can connect us to any themes um, in motherhood that might be darker. This is reproductive rights. This is abortion, miscarriage. You know, Lilith rules over these darker themes of life. So we first honor that and acknowledge that. It also might speak to where we might have emotional abuse or physical abuse in our life. Um, addiction, uh, Lilith rules over things like sexually transmitted diseases. Could be physical assault. Many, there's many more themes, but you're kind of getting the idea that there is a big disclaimer on Lilith. And so it is interesting when you say like, I'm getting giddy for this topic. Like this is a theme where it's like, we need platforms where we are communicating about darker themes in our life. And it's beyond that, you know, Lilith also has, like Lilith could be the tarot reader in our chart. You know, I like to create different characters and think of them interacting in our chart. And so that could be a lighter way of working with Lilith, but likely if you're drawn to tarot reading as a practice, it's because there are things underneath the surface that you are working through and healing and holding space for other people. So Lilith is also a healer in our chart, and but is often healing maybe darker themes. It doesn't have to be. I want to pause there and just check in with you and see, you know, what some of these themes might be bringing up for you, and if this is how you have connected to Lilith too, um, and then we'll go deeper. But I would love, I would love to just hear what your connection is to Lilith. Well, my connection to her is that I you know, there's just so many layers of everything. So at its very basic discovering Lilith as a character, right. As the original Eve that is cast out because she refuses to not be sought as his equal. I mean, every like feminist excited, like I was like discovering that she exists, that her story exists was yeah. like, oxygen and illumination of like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. meanwhile yeah. even eve gets so downplayed as this like off i'm like she's just curious y'all like yeah. not following the rules so yeah. there are similarities many between you and i like i grew up in a very religious household in the south and so these religious constructs of things they changed in my lifetime. But like, when I say religious family, I mean, my parents paid to have a church built. Like we were there wow. every week. Like this was not just like church going folk. This was like very integrated, very much a part of our lives. And so Lilith, I think, you know, the witch narrative of patriarchal constructs and that which is in the narrative of of like european centric these were the the herbalists and the lay women and the midwives and the healers and the demonization of them to be evil which is really about the church and about white men who this is when western medicine came into play 
They were trying to discredit the lay women healers. So it could only be those who could pay to go to the schools to be a source of heat. You know, meanwhile, the things they were doing were crazy then, like really wild. So my connection to Lilith is like historical, yes, academic curiosity, just as a feminine character, like hell yeah. Yeah. But she comes with the heaviness of darkness, right? Which speaks to the shadow side which speaks to healing and the healer. And for me, this podcast is a part of that. And I'm letting it find its own space of, we need a space to speak about the shadows. We have to pull them out. And as a witch, there's still so much connotation to that term and that title and reclaiming, right? For empowerment and for healing is so imperative. And I, you know, that through Lilith is, like that's the path in my mind. Yeah. And so there's many paths, but she's just so strong, but comes with a lot of heaviness. And we yeah. as humans really need to get better at holding the heaviness and the darkness. And people are still so terrified and still so in shame and judgment to even share the stories. Mm-hmm. that however we can channel her, embody her, allow her to support us, we're just all the better for it. And, you know, when you were talking about like the queer placement and the weird placement, I want to tell this story because I just can't not that Brandon and Angel of the spiritual gaze who connected us, they did my four and 40 questions when it was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And our entire conversation was really about mostly about the term queer and weird and embracing this. So this thread runs through all of us that's connecting us, which I love so much. Yeah. And the, this dark mother placement for them, I think that helps bring it out in people, right. And, and pull it out further. And for me, she like the Lilith energy just keeps getting more and more interesting and more and more healing and soothing and empowering. Um, the more I learn and know about her, and so yeah. this the queerness and the weirdness again, regardless of any um, identification, right? Like the weird and the queer is our authentic, unique selves. We all have that, and we need so much more of it. You know, the bravery to be your authentic self in this 3D incarnation is the most powerful thing we can do for catharsis and healing. Yeah. So, yeah, I love yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love hearing you talk about her. And I love that you're bringing in the mythology, the, you know, with all of the placements and planets in our chart, they have stories. And so you're connecting us to, you know, Lilith was Adam's first wife is how it's often, you know, taught, um, and that she was, they were very sexual together. And it got to the point where Adam started to fear the power that Lilith had because she was so, you know, magnetic. And, um, because of that, there's a lot of projection that Adam places onto Lilith because there's so much fear around the sexual power that Lilith had. And so we, Lilith will speak to projection, gaslighting, 
making Lilith feel like she's the crazy one, uh, the sexual one, condemning place, like the projection of condemning another person, telling them that they're wrong, that they're bad, that they're going to hell. And so the story says that Adam, you know, told Lilith, kicked Lilith out of the Garden of Eden. Um, and, but when you tune into Lilith, she says, no, I left. Totally. She, so this story has been, first off, it's been taken out of the Bible. And so I think already in that, Lilith represents the grief, the rage, the heartache we have of our stories being taken from us yes. by a modern patriarchal world. And so all of the gays who, you know, have had their books burned or all the witches who have had their spells burned and like all of the you know the indigenous cultures and you know this is connecting us to racism homophobia all of these themes anyone who has been shunned or cast aside as an outsider in in humanity so Lilith is holding the weight of humanity and the grief of that you know it, so Lilith is a really powerful you know if we would think of another deity, the closest for me, there's a few, but one of them would be Kali, whereas like she turns into this fierce warrior. So Lilith also is coming through and, you know, severing the egos of those who are very attached to their, their positions of power in the world. Um, so yeah, but yeah, she says, no, I chose to leave the garden out of safety and out of liberation. And so I do have the five stages of evolution of Lilith that I've created that I'd like to share with us today. But I am curious, you know, as you hear, you know, that connection to Lilith, not even that story, not even being in the Bible, it's been taken out of, out of the Bible, you know, what the grief of, you know, our ancestral past, you know, this could be literally Lilith could be a placement in your chart that's very connected to your family. Like it could be that, you know, that witchy great great aunt that no one speaks about anymore and that you don't even know existed but actually had some sort of deep earthy root practice that maybe was had like some sort of druid or pagan past but isn't accepted in our modern world so that aunt has been just kind of you know put aside but this would be a window or a, a doorway to walk through to connect to ancestral healing you know, Lilith holds that grief that's within our matriarchal line. It is connected to the moon. So, yeah, I'm curious. I love having this dialogue back and forth. I know you said you're going to hand it off to me, but I, we have, we both have Black Moon Lilith and Cancer conjunct each other. So when you invited me, so on, we're I snuggling put, in the ethers. We might as well snuggle yeah. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, I, I, I love this. It, you know. Again, she is earnestly so important to me. So when you go through just on a personal story for me, you know, Black Moon Lilith and Cancer, right? So I'm adopted. The mm. mother who raised me was abusive in all of the ways, yeah. all of them. And one of the common threads is, you know, the wound of worthiness and the mother wound for me is so huge. But even as I became a mother the first time and I won't tell this story in this podcast because it will override things. My experience becoming a mother was, it, it was highly traumatic in ways that that word doesn't even register well. Um, and 
so this concept too, just as an adoptee of having your stories taken and not feeling seen in anything, you know, I always felt like nobody considered what I thought or how I felt and just that I was along for the ride, right? Like everybody else is writing the story. So empowerment, particularly as someone who identifies as female in this lifetime is epic, right? So by the time I find my voice, it feels like I'm having to yell and scream and I'm having these crazy episodes of stating what I need, what I want, what hasn't been protected, what hasn't been heard, what hasn't been seen, that then they think you're crazy, right? So this little identification of like, it takes so much to stand up in your sovereignty to use your voice, that then you start to gaslight yourself about what is relevant. Mm-hmm. and how to stand in it. And so for me, energetically on a scope, like I'm accustomed to being liked, right? You know, and I, that, that Leo rising, like it's important to me. You're and a ray he- of effing sunshine as your mug says. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and yet there are those who really do not enjoy me to the, to the place it's mean and dark and it tends to be women in a certain age range that could be in the same age range of my mother's right so there's this weird energetic thread to dark moon lilith and this you know being shunned and cast aside and as a language and a narrative right of lgbtqia plus indigenous i fall into all of these categories but they were all shadow categories. Like I didn't know the indigenous lineage until I was in my thirties. So then it feels weird. Like you can't claim it because you didn't know it was there. And that the same for me as a a bisexual person, it's that like weird range of, because you don't present in a certain way, you don't count on either side. So it's like all of the identities don't get to be heard and don't have validity. Yeah. Until you can step into the empowerment and allow people to call you all of the names and mm-hmm. to not give a fuck anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's such an effort. And so I just love that you mentioned Kali Ma in this also, right? Because she sits on my altar and I, I love her as, you know, it's like, she's the great mother. She's going to make sure you learn your lessons one way or the other. Like we're going to whisper, we're going to talk about it. We might yell about it. And then I'm going to fucking cut heads off because you were not listening. You're totally screwed. You know what I mean? Like it's like snatching out by your ear. And so she, but when people first learn about her, don't know a whole lot. It's like, oh, she's wearing, you know, arms as a skirt and heads as a necklace and just thinks she's this awful demon of a soul. And it's like, y'all, she's fucking tired of not being listened to. She trying to generate good humans. Y'all are acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so the additional like of Lilith and this connection to Kali and then that thread of Hecate, like everybody knows how much I love me some Hecate. <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, this concept that Lilith may be Hecate's daughter, is that the right way with it? Yes. Yeah. So these great female, you know, identifying personas that have this very heavy handed streak. So therefore they're demonized. They're crazy. Don't listen to them. They're trying to create chaos. 
No, that great mother energy is trying to generate good humans. That is not an easy tactic. Like that's not an easy assignment. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you for your willingness to share part of your story. And, you know, that connection to you being adopted, I, I think Lilith is also connecting us to people who might also be adopted. You know, this is, and for you, and I didn't ask permission if I could share what sign your Lilith was in. I just went ahead and did it, but you have Lilith in Cancer. So I've already said it, it can be edited out, I guess, but um, it highlights the, the connection to family. You know, Cancer is a sign that's connected to our mother, to our birth family but also to our soul family and then the family that we will create as we get older too. So, you know, Lilith in Cancer, Lilith just entered Cancer. So you're coming up on your Lilith return. And I think this could be a good opportunity for us to talk about when is your Lilith return and how often does it happen? Um, So there's a few different Liliths to, to recognize. When you're researching Lilith, There might be, you know, it's hard when you're on the internet because there's so many different resources and opinions. And so first off, when we're talking about Lilith, we're talking about Black Moon Lilith, which is different from the asteroid Lilith. There's an asteroid Lilith, which gets kind of confused with people. And then there's also Dark Moon Lilith, which this is not necessarily been proven to be true, but there's people who have claimed to see dark moon Lilith and so that represents a whole other facet of the astrology community Um, but what we're referring to is black moon Lilith which is actually not a planet I think this is important to note it can be a little confusing but it's a virtual point in the moon's orbit around the earth and it represents that that point that's the when the moon is the farthest point from our planet. So when the moon orbits the earth, there's a, it's an oblong orbit, almost like in the shape of an egg, which I think is quite symbolic, but it's when it gets to that point of the egg, that's that is the furthest away from the earth. And so it's when the moon almost escapes the gravitational pull mm. of the earth. And, you know, it's connecting us to the energy of the outsider. It's connecting us to the energy of the shadow and also um, almost escaping too. So this is, Wherever Lilith, Black Moon Lilith is in your chart, it represents when the moon at the time of your birth was the farthest away from the earth. And so for you, it was cancer. And so um, when we're looking at Black Moon Lilith, if we're looking at mean Black Moon Lilith, which mean meaning not angry, but um, the average, it's taking the average point of Lilith's cycle. And so this evolution is, she stays in a sign for about nine months, which connects us to to human pregnancy, we could say. So Lilith's cycle of evolution is nine months in each sign. And so she takes approximately nine years to move through all 12 signs. So we have our Lilith return every nine years. So there's that number nine is sacred to Lilith. Um, And, you know, I have, I have kind of gone back in the ephemeris to see, to look at Lilith throughout different signs. And, you know, this can be how you can start to deepen your connection to Lilith is seeing, well, when did Lilith transit my son? Mm. You know, when was Lilith in Taurus for you, Taurus son? Mm-hmm. Or when was Lilith right on my midheaven? This is the highest point in the chart. And this is 
this is when your queer witch is out in the public and is ready to be seen. And so I've seen a lot of times Lilith transiting through someone's 10th house and they're coming out of the closet as a terror reader. Yeah. Or they're just coming out of the closet <laughs> in general. It's, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's either yeah. way. But, you know, I actually, when I came out, this is when Lilith uh, was conjunct Chiron in my chart. So you'll start to mm. notice, and you know, Chiron's is wounds, and it's in my fourth house of a home and family. And I was, I actually came out of the closet because my mother found emails and she confronted me about it. So again, I have Lilith and Cancer, and there's this sort of Lilith and Cancer for me has been, you know, and Lilith would represent this no matter what sign it's in but particularly Lilith and cancer, which I think is important for us to consider because Lilith just entered cancer. You literally emailed me like right when Lilith entered cancer. Of course I did. <laughs> and so when was that exact date? Let me see if I have it here in my calendar. Um, I don't see it right now, but it was sometime last, oh yeah, here it is. April 14th, Black Moon Lilith yeah, enters gonna... cancer. Yeah. And that was kind of around when you reached out <laughs> And I, I was just sort of like, I think that this is the right time to, to talk about Lilith. So Lilith will be in cancer for the next nine months from April 14th. And so it takes us into the new year in 2023. And then Lilith will enter Leo. And that's a completely different energy. That's us coming out and expressing our queerness. Uh, but right now, you know, this is a much more tender time. Of, it could bring up stuff with family, home, mother, there's a lot of ancestral healing available to us. Cancer is a sign of rest too. And with all this Piscean energy going on right now too, it, they, we're processing a lot. So um, yeah, Lilith is the shadow of the family too. So it's, it can, if you identify with Lilith and if Lilith is prominently placed in your chart, you know, this could be this place where well, you might represent to everyone in the family some sort of shadow aspect. And so it can start to be this accumulation where it's like you might represent to your sibling freedom. That sibling may have never left their hometown and you did. So they're projecting their fears and their shadows onto you. And you might represent to um, your mother the fear of abandonment because you left. Um, to your father, it could be something deep repressed sexual urges because you're expressing your sexuality and so it starts to Lilith can start to kind of transmute into the collective shadow and so it's not just one aspect it's all of the aspects and so for those of us who are Lilith like and you know if Lilith is conjunct your son for instance this is the light that you're shining forth to the world um, people with sun conjunct Lilith often really identify with Lilith or are doing a lot of Lilith work in their purpose. Um, you know, I think it's interesting, Brandon and Angel both have Lilith in their first house. You know, this yeah. is, they're definitely rising into the Lilith archetype, ha like having the spiritual gaze as a podcast. Um, so yeah, what does that collective shadow feel like? You know, Lilith is holding that, the projection of not just one person, but all people. Well, I know that's a rhetorical question in general, but yeah. this past month mm -hmm. and even more so, but really heavy this month for me, I just keep saying, I feel like again, as the empath and the psychic in that Pisces moon and all that pile up in Pisces is like sitting on top of my damn moon that I just feel like 
I've been doing the emotional labor for everyone for so long that it just like, like mama's done. And I just want to hide and I want to be in the dark with the book mm-hmm. in bed and everybody needs to go away. Like, I'm just yeah. not, I mean, and, and there is a, you know, a bite to it. And there's also not, it's that uh-huh. alchemy. It just needs to go. I'm fucking done with it in so many ways. Like, and specifically your projection on me, your expectations of me as a public figure of any kind, super done with it. Yeah. And not as a point of anger, even though it may sound like that, mm-hmm. but as a point of release and empowerment as an adoptee, that alone, right, yeah. sends us into two tracks typically of either being, you know, of addiction or mm-hmm. of like hyper. Mm, why is the word not really coming? Like, you know, overcompensating for things like you achieve at everything. So you'd be so worthy. No one can get rid of you. Right. The overachiever that I'm like, I don't need to overachieve. (laughs) Overachieving. Mm -hmm. This word, this emotional labor. Like when you said that, that's very cancer, actually. So seeing your Lilith in cancer, this is emotional labor for sure. Why don't we look at the stages of evolution Mm. that I conceptualized? Yes, please. And I think this will continue to kind of just it will kind of create some sort of structure for us so that we can feel how Lilith is growing in our life. And so the first stage of evolution, this is, um, you know, this could be the sh- a shadow expression of Lilith. This is the lowest form and this is feeling like bound or trapped. So this stage of Lilith represents the part of us that we are most ashamed of. It's like that wildness within inside of ourselves that we have become afraid of or ashamed of or guilty of. This can be relate in relationship to our sexuality. This can be in relationship to our psychic and intuitive gifts. This can be in relationship to that the wild feminine nature that lives inside of you, you know? And so when we're bound and trapped in this, it may manifest as deep depression, feeling closed off from the world, feeling trapped by patriarchal constructs or structures. Um, This can manifest as addiction. And it may indicate how Black Moon Lilith, um, how if we're not feeling these, if we don't feel trapped in these things, Lilith and this could also be how you are trapping other people, Mm. are binding other people. And so, you know, it's always interesting what you could look at particular world figures, like world leaders who are repressing the wild feminine and look to see where Lilith is in their chart and see how, how that's expressing. And so there's certain figures who have Lilith prominently placed in their chart, but they're not necessarily um, the witch, the queer witch. They're actually the opposite. You know, they're trapping or binding because there's a part within them that wants to be set free. So then it becomes projected onto other people and wanting to have power and control. So this is the lowest form. It feels bound and trapped. And in the tarot, we might feel this in the devil card where we see Mm. two people chained to the devil, um, which those two people are often the same figures on the lover's card, which is often representing Adam and Eve. If we're looking at like the Christian um, religious version of the tarot um 
we could also the eight of swords is usually someone that's bound and tied up and mm-hmm. there's eight swords down and they're blindfolded that could be another card we use to connect to the lower form so this is stage one of the evolution we need to honor this stage and its process in our life um I th- then we go to stage two of this evolution which is the outcast and so this next stage of Lilith is connected to acting upon our urges it's sort of like well, I have this urge to set myself free. So I'm going to, I'm going to act upon it and see what happens. You know, this is a part of the evolution. And so this could be, you know, a deep rage from being outcast or humiliated um, for your wild primal emotions, for your psychic abilities. And so this level can have us wanting to, you know, um, seek revenge or lash out. This is, this is an aspect of, of Lilith. Um, this this is an important part of the journey, but as we're going through the stages, you'll start to see the soul gifts of Lilith. And so the third stage is the conscious rebellion. Mm. And so this is the part of the evolution of Lilith, Lilith that comes through strongly for me. And it's that part when we were talking about the mythology of Lilith, where Lilith is like, I wasn't cast from the garden. I chose to leave. So this is the conscious rebellion. And it's the part, you used the word reclaim earlier. So this feels like a reclamation. It's part of us that is, we're upgrading this archetype. You know, this is the, a conscious choice um, through your own volition because you know it's no longer supporting you to be bound or to be trapped. And so this is, you know, this is often connected with deep feelings of grief can come up with that or, you know, you feeling isolated, like someone saying like, I don't want to come out of the closet. Um, because I'll lose my family. You know, there can still be those feelings of deep grief. Um, so, you know, being bound to trap, this is being in the closet. The second stage would be, okay, well, I'm gonna start to kind of test the waters and maybe I'll go on Grinder and see if I can be discreet and find someone to hook up with. And then the conscious rebellion is like, no, actually I am gay. But now a lot of feelings are coming up. I might feel isolated. I might feel lonely. But there could be the equal feeling of liberation, sexual freedom, rebelliousness. And so the stage four would then be awakening to the soul. Mm -hmm. And this is the next level of Lilith. And it's that full radical acceptance of the witch that lives within or the full radical acceptance of your queerness, surrendering to it consciously releasing yourself from the binds so maybe it's like sometimes this could be physical where someone's like you know what I'm gonna cut off all my hair or I'm gonna start dressing the way I always wanted to dress and we might feel that as Lilith enters Leo there could be that part of the evolution too but right now we're in cancer so it's likely that we could be feeling more into the emotional labor as you were saying parts of this journey and so this is, you know, awakening the soul, this is getting in touch with your, your desires, your sexuality, your intuitive gifts. You know, this is now all of a sudden you're like, well, I have a tarot practice and I'm, you know, I'm proud of that. And then finally would be the soul purpose of Lilith. And this feels like the highest form of Latin Lilith, although I think that it could continue to unfold in, in magical spiritual ways. So I don't wanna like make this like the final stage. This is just a theory too. And this was just a way of me organizing my thoughts around Lilith. But the, 
this is then when one, the one who has liberated themselves begins to help to liberate others. others. Yeah. yeah. And so this is like the love warrior. It's coming. It's like that powerful goddess energy that's coming in the name of peace, of truth and love and sets other people free. And, you know, this is, this is what we're striving for. This is the truth of Black Moon Lilith. You know, she is that deep primal energy that's bringing intergenerational healing, is bringing justice, is bringing back balance to the repressed feminine energy on this planet. And, you know, I, someone I would like to bring in, I like to, to connect to famous figures because sometimes they can help us. Totally. Um, but RuPaul has Black Moon Lilith in Cancer. Mm-hmm. and is often referred to as Mama Ru. Mm-hmm. And so if you have Black Moon Cancer, you are a mama witch. You are helping to unlock other people's intuitive gifts. And so, you know, RuPaul, if you're not familiar with their show and their offerings, yes, it is drag race, but it's deep. Yeah. In that show, people are, you know, talking about Lilith themes they're talking about well I was in a Christian family my whole life and then I was kicked out of my family and then I found drag and so this is a place where people who are healing from addictions healing from shame and they're empowering themselves to express the Lilith archetype I mean drag really is Lilith being expressed because you are reclaiming the parts of you that you were told that you weren't allowed to express absolutely and that shouldn't be seen and shouldn't be explored. I just, I have to pop in because there's yeah. so many like pieces here. I just started watching um, Drag Races again, like from, mm-hmm. I think season three, probably about those two weeks ago after I reached out to you, it was just like, this is what mm-hmm. I need to be watching. I just need to see this. I need to be in witness of this, yes. uh, right? Like yeah. we need more of this for everybody, like, because this is this gorgeous, you know, expression of, of authenticity. And where else do we really get to see that? Right. Wild, big, brave. And, and that wild, big and brave is vulnerability, right? To dump it all out there. Here's my heart. Here's my soul. And knowing how awful that can be received and the reflection back on that. And I have to share this because this is just damn funny, completely anecdotal. But in the way, 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 way back machine when we lived in LA, when Drag Races was first, I think even before it aired coming out, they had a concept of redo like uh like makeovers for women. And I got cast on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't accept the, the, I didn't accept it. Um, but it was like this funny way. So there's like this theme here too, of like this weird thread of connection Mm -hmm. to RuPaul's drag races. Like it's been very loud in the last few weeks. I'm like, I just want to be watching this again. I just need to see these things again. And this energy just needs to be present and, and being in witness of it. And again, the conversations are very deep. This is personal evolution, personal expression, therefore it's healing, Mm -hmm. right. As they're Mm -hmm. willing to go through this together. Mm -hmm. And so while Lilith is in cancer, sitting on your couch at home, being in rest and healing and watching RuPaul's Drag Race, this feels like Black Moon Lilith in cancer. That is a process of it. And then when when Lilith enters Leo in 2023, now you're like, okay, 
I did the processing and now I'm ready to express my queerness outwardly. You know, this, so let's continue to follow the journey of Lilith and we'll have to keep checking back in over the next nine years and see <laughs> how we feel it evolving. Cause you know, everything that I'm sharing with you today, this, I mean, this is new stuff. I don't think that a lot of people are teaching Lilith in this way. And I don't either. That's why yeah. I'm so grateful for today. And I'm like so excited because when I was trying to move through this, I thought there's no narrative that I have been in witness of so far that I feel like gives it justice as to the energetics at play right now that's being asked and channeled yeah. through. So I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do think RuPaul is a figure for us to look at the sole purpose of Lilith because she's now had like hundreds of of drag queens that she's given birth to. And she has Lilith and Cancer trying her Scorpio son. Mm -hmm. And so there's a harmonious relationship between those energies. And for you and your chart, can I share? You yes, have a grand course. water trine. You have moon and Pisces trying Lilith and Cancer, trying Uranus and Scorpio. So you've mm -hmm. got a grand water trine here. And so, you know, moon and Pisces is you know, your deep love for all beings. It's the spiritual side of you, musical, magical. You know, this is Moon and Pisces. On the phone with Lilith and Cancer, who is, you know, mama witch, who's helping to free others from the binds of our modern patriarchal world. And it's in your sixth house, Black Moon, Lilith and Cancer in your sixth house, which is likely coming through in your work, your service, those that you're serving. You know, and cancer is very much connected to health, particularly in the sixth house too. And then Uranus and Scorpio in the ninth house, the radical esoteric teacher. Ninth house is things that we're teaching. Scorpio is esoteric arts and Uranus is radical, Uranian, astrological, cosmic. So those three are in a harmonious relationship with each other. And so they likely their powers combine and come together, especially in water. It's so fluid. They just flow. So it's interesting, you know, cause you, you have a lot of fire in your chart. Mm -hmm. You also have a lot of water and then you have that sun and Taurus. And so sun and Taurus is sextile moon and Pisces and sextile black moon, Lilith and cancer. So that sun and Taurus is really is an anchor here with all that water. And it, you know, it's likely that Taurus is the part of you that's able to have this as an offering where it's part of your work. It's connected to your body. You're a leader through and through that embodiment. So that's some of the things I see when I'm looking at your chart. But yeah, that grand water trine is very powerful for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it is. It's like the more, again, you go deeper into it. My offerings have always seemed weird right there's like this combination that people just don't get trying to explain it although it makes complete sense to me <laughs> right of like how it rolls out it makes sense it, to me when i'm looking at your offerings right i get you i right? got you you totally do yeah. um but it is interesting because in my personal experience it does often feel like with visibility and communication and being heard and being seen is has been in shadow for quite a long time or it's just 
looked at as the outcast in all areas, right? Like the movement part of the pattern, because it's very fitness oriented, can be the outcast to the witchy community because that's so not magical, <laughs> like, and vice versa, that then the validity can't be in the fitness and the science because you're so woo woo that it must. Meanwhile, for those it resonates with, it's home yeah. and they're so great. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but I love it. I love, of course, seeing the reflection in the chart because then you're like, oh yeah, you're just wired that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's cool because I have a grand water trying too that all of our water placements are within one degree of each other. So it's cool that we're having this cover. I have Blackman Lilith and Cancer like you and then I have Mercury in Pisces, one degree from your mm-hmm. moon in Pisces. So I'm converse- having a conversation about these topics. Yeah. And I have Pluto and Scorpio, um, right by your Uranus and Scorpio. So bringing out the darkness from underneath the surface transformation power. So yeah, it's, it feels right that we're the ones having this conversation together and we're both Aquarius rising too. So we're offering it to those in the collective through technology, through this podcast. It's, this is a podcast, right? Yeah. Bonus episode, first bonus episode. I love that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really when I this this podcast, because it is new, um, has been a heart project for sure. It's not like I needed to produce one more thing, but it was yeah. very it was that subtle whisper that just wouldn't quit. That was very clear that this is where we're going next. Um, and I knew that there would be these bonus episodes and there's other narratives that I wanted to bring through, but I didn't want to plan them and map them. And so this might be a great you know, transition or connector piece that this new moon at the end of this month was so loud. And and this is what I love about magic, right? You're like, when you feel the giddiness, when you're like, oh, oh, and then we got connected and I was like, oh, and then we're having this conversation and the the RuPaul bit, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm." it's just all so serendipitous and perfect and in alignment, but also nothing you could ever track or foresee right so because i think we could have conversations forever i love it i do too did you hear that little beep go off when you were talking i usually put my phone on silent (gasps) but i just got a text and it was from my mom which i never get texts from my mom she doesn't really even know how to text and she just said i love you like right in the middle of this conversation which just Speaking of Black Moon Lilith and Cancer, like there's likely a lot of healing for us over the next nine months around mom, home, family. And so I hope this conversation, whatever you've received from it, those listening, that it is is gonna create a ripple effect of healing in your life. And I hope that you take whatever you've received today and continue to, you know, usher yourself on your journey of healing. it's an honor to to be here with you in this way and to have this conversation. And like you said, I feel like we could talk for us. We can. And I would like if you have time to just hit on two bits. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I really do feel like I would love to continue conversation. Yeah. Um, Like I'm having to like edit in my head because I'm so excited about things. And I'm like, no, don't say that. Yeah. Don't go there. Cause it's going to be too much yeah. right now. Um, yeah. Okay. 
three things. One, this nine year cycle, right? I just, again, for the unicorn wellness community, the community that, that I know has already been listening so far, that numerology is so powerful, right? This is karmic closures and cycles ending. And so understanding that this is her cycle also is extra and wonderful and beautiful. And also for those that, you know, embark on healing and we realize that healing is uncomfortable, right? That about the time that you start to feel at the lowest, the hardest, the sluggish, where it's like blocked and feels kind of dark. And you're like, I don't want to go there. But when you go there, this is, could be the highest point of healing for the catharsis, the breakthrough after the integration. So all the things that you said, just to tie in for the community, I know that listens already this understanding of leaning in and getting comfortable with the uncomfortable that this is part of the process right now as she's in cancer, right? Like cancer, again, that watery, like you got to feel it to heal it. It's different than Pisces, but it still aims for cleansing and integration. Like you said, like, as it will move through, right. That it's just got so many bits that this number nine is so powerful. The next piece is that this second new moon. So the second new moon in a month is often referred to as the black moon. And this is where the initial ping for me came through that I was like, I know it says it doesn't have anything to do with black moon Lilith, but her energy's all over it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's just loud. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you would like to offer about this new moon in connection to black moon Lilith? was also a a partial solar eclipse too and so what that represents for us is that the Taurus parts of our chart are also evolving right now so the north node is in Taurus and so this is also an invitation for us for evolution so there's something in connection to the earth here and so if you want to honor Lilith and it's bringing up a lot for you This could be a time where you're connecting to the earthly realm and actually creating an altar to Lilith or the Lilith themes in your life. You know, that would be one use of this energy because Taurus in many ways is our altar. And that's a big part of my practice. It helps to ground the psychic energy into the physical world. And I often like to think of whatever you put on an altar, you are also altering. And so it's a great use of our physical space. And so, you know, for me on an altar to Lilith, I might put a bowl of water. I might might put some sort of offering, like some sort of roses, but maybe also to honor the death and decay of Lilith's emotional process too. It could be, you know, wilting roses, Um, maybe the darker emotions of life, like the things that we don't want to see or that we don't think are beautiful. And so, you know, altar values, this can be a very intuitive practice, but, you know, it's a place where you can sit and meditate on the themes and you could have an invocation. And so you could light a candle and you could say, I light this candle to release myself from the binds of shame I feel around my sexuality. You know, that's connecting to the element. So, you know, there's a lot of ritual available to us. Since it's an eclipse, it's not necessarily a time to, to set new intentions, but it is a time to release things. So like I release myself from the minds of shame or I, I pour this water out to the earth to honor the grief and rage that lives within me and within my matriarchal line. I place these items on my altar to ground myself in the here and now 
connecting to the air, I, I take a deep breath in and I acknowledge the fear that I'm holding in my body and on the exhale, I release that. So it definitely feels like a time to be in ritual with these things if it mm -hmm. calls to you. That, that was how I would connect it with the Taurus energy. But it's new moon and also knowing that this, if this is new information for you, being gentle with it and that this is just the beginning of the journey too. And so for someone that's having a Lilith return, like you're, you have Lilith in Cancer, so you're coming up on your Lilith return. That's like the new moon phase in your Lilith journey. Mm. So it might be a time where you're in a deep internal process around these themes. So being gentle, Cancer reminds us of that. And I'll be interested for the Cancer new moon in two months too. Lilith will be strongly felt then as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll just keep that in mind this is june 28th and i believe that new moon will be conjunct lilith oh wow yeah, yeah. so it does feel like the next few months if these themes are resonating with you then um, you can do you have the whole summer to really work with this little lilith energy and and to bring healing to it and so it i do think it's encouraging all of us to to step forward into that soul expression of Lilith. What are you sensing with this Taurus new moon and, and the energy of Lilith? Well, it's, it's so much of this integration. So again, Taurus is earth and this earth magic, but for the, what I bring through is, is that it's the vessel, it's the body, you know, Taurus is, is the most human of the chart. Cause it's like, how does it hit the concrete? And so we can have all these concepts of like high vibration and spirituality and, you know, but Taurus is like, you know, going to cut the bullshit of like, yeah, none of that matters unless it hits the concrete and becomes something right. Like how do we use it? Right. How do we implement it? And so for me and for our community, because it is body work, right? I just think it just continues to be disregarded, like the, the vessel, right? That this is heaven on earth, that, that this is the altar, you know, if we get into it, that the more into the vessel we can go with grace and ease and calm and peace of reintegrating a connection to it. Because this is the most grounding thing we have is the body, yeah. you yes. know? It, it just, so for magical mentees, cause this is the work that we do, like these invocations and these releases, this is definitely what comes through for them. And it's come through for them really strong in this last cycle already mm -hmm. that those that are hearing it. And like you said, starting to work with it for the first time, I would offer that adornment of the vessel too, mm -hmm. right. Of those things on the body. Yeah. that help bring closer to Lilith. And again, because it has these strong, you know, sexuality, sensuality threads, no matter how you identify finding pleasure in the vessel, whether it's on your own or with a partner is so powerful. That reclamation alone is I mean, you know, release, right? Mm -hmm. Like these places where you feel bliss state and no shame, mm -hmm. even for that second. Yes. I think this is, that's definitely coming through with this yeah. for us. And again, we weave it back to cancer, the great mother. This has got that, you know, creative life force 
So there's a thread here for me that's coming through for the unicorn community of what I've channeled and brought through for them of, um, of sex magic, right? Like these energetics and, and again, like healing the shame shadow is so huge right now. And the shame shadow can be anything, but growing up in a Western culture, it's going to have that chokehold of sexuality and sensuality. And so for so much of my community that they have, I really think have yet to explore the depth of their sexuality or sensual pleasure capacity. And so any step into that, again, small, tiny, <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, when we're talking about the body is something, if, you, if we're wanting to be gentle with it, it be putting ourselves in a restorative yoga pose, like Supta Kanasana, and feeling where the fear lives in your body, where shame lives in your body, yeah. where grief, where guilt, and just starting there, that could be like a nice, totally, and I'm just like little ritual in the new moon that you do. Yeah. Well, we're really big in, you know, bathing, ritual bathing, mm. Epsom salt mm. baths, but this to me, I feel like is, is oil on the vessel, you know, and it can be lotion or oil. This is such a beautiful way to bring in Empress energy, right? Mm-hmm. Like just rubbing lotion on your body and taking the time to do that, I think is a lovely offering, particularly in Taurus, because it's sensual, right? Something that smells gorgeous, something that feels good. But I think the oils bring in that goddess energy more than lotion does without trying to perfect it. Yeah. of a different sensation than we're used to in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much juicy invitations within this. And I, I'm excited to sit with them and to see how they unfold in my life over the, over the next few weeks as we, you know, we're moving through eclipse season right now. And so eclipses are a time where we can be on a rapid path of evolution. So if we can really take the time to do this work right now, it, it's gonna set us on our path and empower us even more. So yeah, I'm, I know after this conversation, so much is gonna come up for me. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you if that, if that is true for you, whoever's listening to this, to gift yourself the space in that Taurian way, mm-hmm. that North Node Taurus way to, to feel it into your body and to, or to go on a walk with it in nature and to really allow it to soak in and to be present with it and to feel into it. Because astrology, I think it is a practice that is so cerebral and intellectual and philosophical that we could sometimes you know, blow out our third eye and crown chakra. And so yeah. it, as you're saying, Taurus has been such a human sign, it does feel it's important for us to embody it and to bring it into f- the physical reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there any nugget of, oh, I just looked at the clock. It's 111 here. It's 1011 here. Is it? <laughs> um, what little um, sort of offering of Black Moon Lilith energy for this year as a whole? That's a very big, broad stroke, I know. But for 2022, Mm. what might want to be heard 
Can you repeat the question again? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> For 2022, yeah. how do you feel about Black Moon Lilith's energy as a big broad stroke for the collective, like for the year? Yeah. It's not something that I've like sat with and tuned into collectively because it's such a, it's such a personal energy, but I like this invitation to tune into the collective. And when we're, when we're tuning into Lilith and cancer for us in the community, I mean, cancer is not only it's yes, this is a time where we're doing deep healing around these issues of Lilith, but also if we want to be more outward in that expression, cancer is an activist. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about cancer in this sort of way. The cardinal signs, all four of them have activist energy. Makes me think of Frida Kahlo, who is a, has a lot of placements in cancer, and she was very much an activist, but in the watery way. Mm -hmm. So she would paint gorgeous paintings that spoke to activist movements. So she honored her, you know, her indigenous roots through her painting. She honored the, the grief of miscarriage in her paintings. I think she has Lilith in Cancer too with all of her Cancerian energy. I'm pretty sure. I think she, yeah, don't quote me on that. I'll go back and look, but, um, you know, is whatever reflective watery practices we have are here to aid us in that and trusting that if you are someone who is an artist know that that is also an offering to the community that is connected to activist movements as well and so you don't have to just like be out on the streets protesting or you know and whatever other forms activism might come through your magical spiritual psychic gifts are also creating healing for the community. So lean into it and trust in that, particularly if you have Cancerian placements, Lilith is coming to say, hey, to your Cancer moon or to your Mercury in Cancer, your Venus in Cancer. So there is an opportunity. Again, remember Lilith is a healer in our chart, is the tarot reader in our chart. So whatever, you know, figure helps you connect to Lilith the most, lean into it and get to know the cancer part of your chart. I and love so that. For you, this is, you know, this is, you know, your sixth house of work and health. And so it could bring up things around your health where that had originally gotten you into the work that you're doing now, which will then in turn be part of how you are of service. I also have Lilith in my sixth house too. And at this time, you know, I originally started practicing yoga for the restorative benefits. And then I got into the hot yoga and, the, you know, all the different things. But I'm back at this place where I'm like, oh, I need to literally put my legs up the wall for 10 yep. minutes. <laughs> and that's very Cancerian. I mean, even more talking about Frida Kahlo as someone who is a Cancer sun with like 700 planets in Cancer. She was in a body cast for a huge... Yeah portion of time cancer is really that that deep rest you know it's like when you're inside of your mother this is cancer or when you're you know tucked up in bed with a blanket over you this this is cancer it's not the only expression of cancer but i that feels important it's a lot of the processing of the pandemic yeah i feel with lilith and cancer mm -hmm. um, and also with all this piscean energy right now too you know on this 
Taurus new moon, it's ruled by Venus and Pisces, conjunct Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces. So it's a big end of a cycle. A lot of emotional healing, emotional processing is taking place. And so if the world around you seems like active, alive and awake, well, they might be falling into escapism and addiction and things like that. This, I mean, really from a soul evolution perspective, the energy of right now, it feels like we're processing a lot of emotion. And so, so much mindful of, you know, we can also get pulled into it too. So if you find yourself being really low energy or feeling really depressed or whatever, also making sure that you have support and that you're not just like tucking away and escaping from the world too. So I think kind of just being mindful of the balance there as well. But um, yeah, that's some things I think of with Black Moon Lilith and Cancer for us for the year. And so when it's cancer season, we'll get more of a conscious understanding of Lilith. Yeah. When it's Scorpio season, you know, the water season, Scorpio season, we'll be feeling Lilith a little bit more strongly. So paying attention to the water seasons and how the earth seasons balance it out too. Yeah. I love this because there's been so many private conversations, both with mentees and with friends that I do feel that you know, when we can process trauma is when it's feels safe too, right? When it's like totally, well, you feel safe enough to then revisit or the, for those feelings to come up. And so I think this on the, not that the pandemic's over, but this global spectrum of that there's a, there is a lightness and a lightning. And so all of these emotional pieces from the last two years now have space and grief, mourning, and loss is seriously not our forte as a Western culture. <laughs> so it's uncomfortable as fuck. And people do want to just escape. And there's this very delicate balance between healthy escapism. Sometimes we can't process everything at once. A good book and a good TV show and a little extra sleep is probably good, but not solely staying there. Yeah. And so I, I love your offering and your insight on Lilith and cancer for this year, because I think we need constant reminders and constant, those reminders are, are also a support system to give pause to that processing and the grief and the mourning and the loss when you're like, where the hell is this coming from? You know, that sometimes we don't need to know where it's coming from. We just need to feel it, let it through and, and show that care and grace without disembodying or you know and, and leaving it and so again a vessel practice and this is it's a personal thread story right like i've i've experienced a lot of trauma in all kinds of crazy ways right and that you can disconnect and disembody and that's safe to zip up and out of it and one of the best ways to become more present and feel more stable and secure is to get into the vessel because if we remind ourselves that we're safe in this body in this moment then allowing those feelings and those energies through seem more approachable and become more doable yeah. in that space. Yeah, that word vessel, it's a Cancerian word. It's also a Taurian word too. Like I think that th these are how these two signs are mm. in a sextile with each other. And I think cancer really knows how to create a container for deeper healing. And so Lilith, while Lilith is in cancer, we are creating a container for that healing for us. And 
yeah, this is permission to, to lean into that. But also there's a side of Lilith too, where I kind of just feel her coming in where she's like, and if it's not that, then fuck everything they're saying. You know, take what totally. resonates with you and like Always. also do whatever you want. Like she's rebellious too. You know? Well, she's a very give no fucks. Like I don't fucking care anymore. I don't, I may not need to be sad and sorry about it. I'm just not doing it anymore. Yeah. Right. Like she kind of does hit that limit of like, I don't need to explain it to you and I don't need to feel sad about it. I'm just not going to do it. It doesn't work anymore for me. Okay. Everybody good. We all caught up. I'll be over here. <laughs> you know? I'll be at home. Black men and cancer. See ya. Bye. You know, or totally. depends on how you work <laughs> with cancer energy and where it is in your chart. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I love Lilith. Me too. I'm so happy to be able to chat with you about Lilith today. I'm so grateful. I think maybe we should let that be the bow on things. Yeah. We love Lilith. And more to come. It can be a continual conversation that please. Yeah. I hope so. Um just such a pleasure today. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Um, I really, I'm just going to say it and overdo it. I'm so grateful for you sharing your magic and your expertise and your knowledge and your channel and all of your offerings in this episode. It is a delight. It is a pleasure. I'm so grateful for it. Um, will you please share with our listeners where to find you after this and how to work with you past this episode? Yeah. Well, Cosmic Cousins is the name of my podcast and also CosmicCousins.com is where you can find links to offerings and to readings, that sort of thing. I work one-on-one with people in deep dive mentorships. And I also sometimes will have classes and things like that that come out. I lead the Fool's Journey, which is a six-month journey through the major arcane of the tarot. So for anyone that's wanting to deepen their connection to either tarot or astrology, then I'm a great resource. And I do it through a embodied lens. I come from a background of working with the body. I taught yoga for five years. So I also sprinkle in a lot of yoga philosophy and embodied health and wisdom. Um, And interestingly enough, right now, I'm not on social media. Maybe this is part of Black Moon Lilith and Cancer for me, but I'm not posting on Instagram right now. I've put both of my accounts on private because there's been a lot of scammers in the community. And this just feels like a way of me protecting my energy and just need a break. Black Moon Lilith was in Gemini the last nine months and we've been pretty chatty. So, um, but yeah, cosmiccousins.com is the best place to find me. Yeah. I love this. A um, couple of things. I'm feeling that too. I've definitely taken a step back from Instagram and in fact had a conversation with somebody who was trying to you know talk through instagram things and i was like i don't fucking care anymore yeah said with love i'm, I'm yeah. sure i will care in a couple of the seasons yeah. like but i was like it's been a long it's been nine years by yeah. the way so um i love this and i will have links below in the show notes for easy clicking for those to get in contact with you i went to write a note i don't know if you could hear it in the mic but the mm. pen cap went like flying and i was like oh okay well i wrote a note down here do you do any specific Lilith readings for clients? I will, like, if you book a reading with me and you want to focus on Lilith and the reading, then mm-hmm. I will I'll definitely focus on that. And you can just put that in the notes. Great. I did teach, I've recorded, it's like a two or three, maybe five hour workshop. I don't remember. It's a workshop on Lilith. 
It used to be available on my website, but I took it down because I recorded it in 2020. But if you listen to this conversation and you would really like to purchase that workshop, I'll make it available to anyone who is listening to this. And you can just let me know and I'll offer you a 10% discount too. Yeah. But so it's no longer available on the website, but if you send me an email and it's jeff at brooklynfools.com for anyone that just feels called, like they want to go deeper into it. Because um, I think that will come up for our listeners as a community. So the only astrology reading that I offer to members is a simple stars, but an astrological natal chart. So I know that this curiosity is going to run really deep and thick, and I just want them to have resources to reach into it. And you are such a beautiful resource. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. My love, I am so grateful for you. And yes. I just am. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And thank you, my dear magic makers for listening. I love you all. And I hope your magic spark found you loudly in this episode. Now it's time, if you haven't already, to hit the subscribe button so you never miss this magic. If this episode has you thinking of someone else who needs this spark, share it. And if it resonates with you to rate and review the podcast, I would be ever so grateful. The more ratings and reviews the show has, the easier it is for other seeking souls to find their healing home base. It's a super simple way for you to support someone else's healing. If you have topics you'd like to hear me cover or guests you'd like to hear on the show, or hey, you just want to say hi, DM me on Instagram at Andy underscore Gutierrez and make sure to check out all of my offerings at unicornwellnessstudio.com. Links are below in the show notes. I love you so very much. And remember, healing is for you. And it all starts with just that one 